0: Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. <coughs> we good? We set? Everything all right? It is 420. The Penguins are going to burn the Flyers. Smoke them. I hope they vaporize them. Make their asses grass. Roll them! Choke them out. Hopefully they can make contact high on Giroux. They need to bogart the puck. Bowl them over. Hopefully they bubble up some frustration. Pick out their stems. What? They got their yeah. stems? I don't know what that means. Oh, dude, you had me until uh, there. Everything was good until that. Man, I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. I'm high. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412 2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. I was listening to Madden on the way in. Sometimes I steal his stuff. Most of the time I say, eh, he's a little bombastic for my liking. But what he said was, I'm not going to say that this team has won this series already. they got to win a fourth game. Hey, Mark, I know you listen to my show. I know you're probably listening to it right now in your ear while you're doing your show. They're not going to blow this lead. First off, they're going to win tonight. But these aren't the penguins of the early portion of the decade, man. I know things stunk when the Rangers in 2014 came all the way back from down three games to one to beat the Penguins, but here's the deal. None of the Flyers' mothers have died. I'm sorry, I didn't say that. I shouldn't have said that. I know it happened with Marty St. Louis. That wasn't really what spurred them on. Dan Biles just wasn't a good enough coach, and the penguins did not have a plan b so when the rangers adjusted and when henrik lundquist started stopping pucks like they were beach balls well it was over you go back to 2011 the penguins blew a three games to one series lead against washington or pardon me uh uh, against it wasn't 2011 against tampa bay i'm so high right now just baked out of my mind They didn't have Crosby. They didn't have Malkin. You know who's on the top line? I'll tell you who it was. It was Tampa. Oh wait, I'm so hot. I can't even. I can't even put sentences together. Just kidding. You know who's on the top line? It was Kovalev. It was Letestu. The Penguins didn't have a chance. They should never have been up three games to one in that series. And frankly, Dwayne rollison The 1,000-year-old goaltender, everyone says, Oh, what a great job he did in that series. No, it's just that the Penguins didn't have finishers. It's different now. The Penguins do have finishers. Olimata is, in fact, a finish. Er, anyhow, bad puns aside, the Penguins aren't the same team. You go back to 2010, they blew a three-games-to-one series lead against Montreal, and... Sidney Crosby, after the fact, said the Penguins were tired. If they had won that series in Game 7, the last game, in fact, at the Igloo, they would have lost the next round. These Penguins might be tired, but they're almost fatigue-proof. They're that good. They've got that much talent. If Crosby's tired on a given night, Malkin's going to play well. If Malkin's tired on a given night, Broussard's going to play well. If none of them play well, Phil Kessel's going to play well. These Pittsburgh Penguins are fatigue-proof. They've got a great coach. They've got a good mindset. They're not going to blow a three-games-to-one series lead. In fact, I thought, after it happened in 2014, that the Penguins, when they played the Rangers again, en route to their cup run in 2016, were going to blow the series. They didn't. They learned how to put a team away. This team does not scare me at all. If I think back to 2016, the Penguins... Laid an egg in the first period of the game where they were going to put the Rangers away. And I thought, oh my god, here we go again. It's the same old Penguins. Don't care who the coach is. Don't care who's on this club. They're going to blow it because they always blow it. And they didn't. Because the coach is different. And because the talent is different. Those Rangers still fought. Those Rangers still battled. Montreal cared. Montreal battled we've seen other teams be down three games to one and they believed they were the better team and they said we're going to win this thing Eh, this team's not doing that the Flyers the Flyers have bent over and the Flyers at this point sorry for being crude are just taking it they're allowing the Penguins to do what the Penguins want to do the Penguins are doing everything that they've thought about. They come into the series, they think, okay, we can score off the rush, we can monopolize the puck, we can score on the power play, their goalie's not all that good, and all that stuff's come to fruition. The Penguins know they're the better team, but more importantly than that, the Flyers know that the Penguins are the better, better team. Series over, and probably tonight. My God, as I said yesterday, have the Flyers' balls just dropped right off? In 2012, yeah, the Flyers got up 3-0 in that series, and then it was kind of a cakewalk from there. They were always going to win when they won the first three games, but Flyers were not the better team. They fell behind 3-0 in Game 1. They won. They fell behind 2-0 in Game 2. They won. These Flyers don't believe. These Flyers don't think they've got a chance. They're right, and now they won't funny thing is, if you go back to 2012 and you think about that series, Claude Giroux, the best player on the Flyers, played like the best player on the Flyers. He scored 14 points in six games. It it led Sam Carcidi from Philadelphia, the writer, to say, oh, the baton's been passed. The entire national audience saw the baton be passed. It's all over. And the coach of the Flyers at the time, Peter Olaviolette, he said, oh, Giroux's the best player in the world right now, and he's playing like the best player in the world right now. Giroux was not the best player in the world. That still was Sidney Crosby, and Evgeny Malkin a better player, of course, than Claude Giroux, but the Flyers believed it, and Claude Giroux was the best player in the series. Now, who's the best player in this series? Anybody? Anybody want to tell me? Nobody? Sidney Crosby. We got nine points in four games. The Penguin Stars have played like stars. The Flyer stars have been atrocious. Shane Gosses bear has been about as good as he can be. And yet it doesn't matter. Because Claude Drew had 102 points in the regular season. He was way over a point per game. And now in the playoffs, he's choking like a dog. Usually I reserve that phrase for the Washington Capitals. But... This is a guy who was a Hart Trophy candidate, I think will be named one of the three finalists for the Hart Trophy, and he's played like a fourth liner, a bad fourth liner. He's a minus seven. When your best player's a minus seven, the give a bleep level, obviously not there, and the ability level, when compared to the stars on the other side, also fairly low. You see, he might have had the better season than Sidney Crosby. He might even have had the better season than Evgeny Malkin, who finished with 98 points. But the reality is he's not the better player. Rack up points, have fun in the regular season, score some goals, put some apples up. Good for you, pal! But if you don't show it in the playoffs, you're done. And beyond that, anytime the Penguins have been up 3-1 in a series... The stars of the other team grabbed that thing by the haunches and they said, let's go. Remember how St. Louis played from that point forward in 2015. Remember how Henrik Lundqvist stole the show in that same series. Stars being stars. Remember how Jaroslav Halak stole the series for the Penguins in 2010. A star being a star. The Penguins are a great hockey club. The only way you can push back against a team filled with stars is when your stars are outperforming the stars of Pittsburgh. And it hasn't happened in this series, and I don't think it's going to start tonight. And if you're the Philadelphia Flyers, and you're a fourth liner, you're a you're one of those guys, or you're one of their four bad defensemen, because let's be honest, Provorov's really good, and Bear's really good, the rest of them stink, you look for your leader to produce. You look for your best player to say, we're not better than them, but I'm better than them. And he hasn't, and he won't because he can't. I think back to three key moments in this series when Claude Giroux could have done something, anything, and he didn't. You go back to Sidney Crosby scoring in game number three. It's four on four. He wins the faceoff. I'm not going chronologically here because who gives a rip? i I'm high as bleep. He... Wins the faceoff, goes forward, beats Giroux. Giroux doesn't get a stick on him. And then Giroux's supposed to get the trailer. That's what you're supposed to do as the center on a faceoff. And Brian Dumoulin's walking in, nobody in his face. Claude Giroux not getting there at all in Dumo, of all people. Snipe City. Game number one of Gideon Malkin coming out of the box. Voracek, big-time star, one of their best players, one of the guys who has the opportunity to take over a series. He's going to the bench. He played way too long in the power play. And what's he do? Malkin skates by him. Doesn't even whack him with his purse. Doesn't even stick a foot out. Doesn't get him with a stick. Doesn't even look at him meanly. Hops onto the bench. After that, who are the Flyers' next two best players? You can make an argument for Couturier because it doesn't fit my narrative. I'm going to say he's not one of them. Malkin goes to the net. Past Giroux, who gives up on the play just like Voracek did. At least he had the guts to stay on the ice to not attain the minus. Or to attain the minus as opposed to Voracek who said, ah, I don't need that on my resume. And then Crosby goes through Goss Despair, whose nickname fittingly was Ghost acting like Casper the Friendly Ghost and Malkin goes right through him. Then in the last game, game number four, Sidney Crosby dunks the puck on Neuver, who might start tonight, FYI. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. And Claude Drew didn't do anything. He's on the ice. Doesn't even whack at Crosby. Doesn't follow his man. Goal. Game over. Series over. In my estimation. Because I don't think that when the leadership fails that badly in the first four games of a series, that all of a sudden they're just going to turn it on in game number five. That's not the way it works. You're either a leader or you're not. You don't become a leader... When you're down three games to one. Hell, Alex Ovechkin, for all the garbage he gets, for all the flack he takes by the local media, the national media, and the Russian media, that guy said, we're down two games to nil, and I'm going to bring our team back to make sure that when we come back to Washington, it's 2-2. And it was, and he had two goals last night. Zhru doesn't have it. These Flyers don't have it. They don't have leadership. They don't have stars being stars, and we've always known that they don't have the depth of the goaltending, so those other two things needed to happen. It's over tonight, unless Sidney Crosby gets struck by lightning, which I suppose is always possible. It's beautiful now in Pittsburgh, but hey, lightning could be just around the corner. 4129 222874 is the number to call. Sean Couturier did skate today. Don't know what it means. Dave Hackstall says he's a game-time decision. Okay, great. I doubt he plays. Here's why. And I could be totally wrong on this. Now I sound like the morning show here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Sorry, golic Sorry, Wingo. I'm backtracking on the middle of an opinion. Here's the deal. I lost my train of thought. Not as high as I'll get up. I lost it. I lost it. What are you going to do? A stone out of your mind. Get it back. Yeah. I can't. I just took another hit. FYI, we're at the Carson City Saloon. Bud Light Happy Hour, 6 o'clock until 7. Going to be drinking Bud Lights to try to come down from my hut.
1: You think that'll help? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Just add on. Yeah. If you, get, if you get drunk enough, then you won't feel high. Yeah, something about
0: Drew, something about Ovechkin. Talk about Neuwerth starting tonight. Oh, Neuwerth. Oh, Kachuria, That's it. That was just it. Kachuria. Yeah, exactly. I knew it Yeah, oh, thank you. Really good stuff. Kachurier, that guy playing, would have happened in game four if he didn't have structural damage in his knee. Now all of a sudden he skates, and oh, structural damage isn't there anymore. If it was all about pain tolerance, he'd have been fine not about pain tolerance. It's about, oh, my God, we want this guy's ligaments to be intact. What's the other thing I was supposed to talk about? Goaltending, Tom? Is that it? Yeah, Neuwerth. He's going to start. That, oh, right? Neuwerth. Oh, I don't know. He might start. He might. He might start. He might not. He might not. ESPN, here's the deal. If you're Hackstall and you go to Neuwerth tonight after you've stuck with Elliot the entire series, what a panic move. Now, you've got to pull out all the stops, Obviously. In a huge game. An elimination game. But. They could have gone to him far earlier in the series. Because Elliot never had it. Someone give me a water. Oh man. How do you reverse the effects of marijuana? I don't know. Put a bag over me? And let me sweat it out? I'll ask Butchie man. Next. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Didn't tease it before. John Butchergrass of ESPN going to be joining the show coming up in a few moments right here on ESPN Pittsburgh.
1: We alarm our houses and we alarm our cars. But when it comes to your personal information, it can be tough to know when something isn't right. That's where Discover Card can help. Now we'll send you an alert if we find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. And this service is free for card members. Just sign up online. It's our way of looking out for you, not just your account. Learn more at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply. main
0: Butchy main Four minutes till
1: Butchy Mang. You're going to be able to get through this? Uh I think the cops are out to get me, man. I think everybody's out to get you right now. Like everybody.
0: I know the people down here at the.
2: Listeners love Adam Crowley. Just between you and me, I believe you're fat, ugly, dumb, and gutless. Just personal opinion. The Adam Crowley Show. When you're done with your program, we can discuss this out in the parking lot. I mean, you're a tough guy. On ESPN Pittsburgh.
0: Braden tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Man, I was really hoping you would break down the Steelers' schedule game by game, (laughs) win, loss, and how the draft picks will impact each week. Maybe Monday, hashtag Sportsy Sports hashtag 420 day. Two things, Braden. Number one, you get the show. So, hey, kudos to you, man. Really appreciate that. Uh, Number two, man. I will be breaking down the Steelers' schedule later on in the program.
1: Yeah, we will. We're sportsy sports sports here. Of
0: course we will. Uh, All kinds of sports. uh, We'll do it our way. Uh, We are going to break down the schedule, though. And The funny thing is, so many people do it unironically. Madden, at least on the way in, was talking about how the fact that it's stupid. And it is stupid. Benzie wrote a good column about it for Breakfast with Benz. He said, I'm going to analyze it a little bit differently. And he talked about the trap games. And wait a second. Wait a second, we loved Tim, but he really didn't do it all that differently, did he?
1: No, he just said he's going to do it differently, yeah. and then he did it the same damn way everybody else Son does. Son
0: of a bitch. That works, though. It does. That's why we have the president that we do. That's why Madden's ratings are as good as they are, because when they say something, people just believe it. I'm the greatest of all time. You believe it. It is a tale as old as time. It is a tremendous technique. It works. Here's my thing when it comes to the Steelers' schedule. In any schedule, yesterday I was peeing myself, laughing about the journalists, quote-unquote, all day long, trying to piece together the schedule by other people piecing together the schedule. And if one reporter said, oh, Tampa's playing this day and not this day and this day and not this day, then Steelers' writers were trying to say, okay, well, the Steelers do play Tampa. We know it's not going to be this week or this week. And they started doing this complex algorithm of BS. And I was talking with a guy in Boston who works for the Boston Sports Journal, good dude, Chris Price, and he was trying to pinpoint games based on when Ed Sheeran was playing because he's doing the stadium tour. Now, I saw Darren Ravel tweet out today that Ed Sheeran had a lot to do with a lot of home games and whether teams were playing on Monday night or Sunday and this, that, the other Shut up. The schedule's going to come out. What time did it come out yesterday, Brian? 7, 8? Eight? Uh, 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock it came out. Yep. It's going to come out at 8 either way! It's like when people try to report on somebody's death, right? He's in critical condition, and Fox News is like, we got to get it first. And CNN's like, we've got to get it first. And AP's like, we got to get it first. Hello, if they're in critical, they're going to die more than likely, depending on the injury, Let's just wait till it happens. So-and-so died when so-and-so died. The schedule's coming out at 8. Allow the schedule to come out at 8. It's a waste of time for everybody. I don't think fans at home, as much as they love the National Football League, are sitting there saying, Yo, we need to have it early. Some of them might be the dorks, the nerds, the losers, the football junkies, but apart from that, come on, the casual fan's gonna wait till 8. And they're going to be excited about it then. They might come to Climax. I know I did. Go Steelers. But, before 8 o'clock, I don't need it. John Butchergross from ESPN joins us now, not to discuss the schedule, my God, at all, but to talk a little hockey. John, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you, boys. John, Sid Lemieux is the conversation that's been all over Pittsburgh these last couple of days. Sid has... One more. Sid now has more points than Lemieux. Lemieux has the individual accolades in terms of the regular season. He also won two cups. Oh, oh, yeah. By the way, he's the owner. But it just to me, I'm not interested in that conversation. It shows how much the franchise has come that Sid can even be discussed in that conversation.
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, you know, I obviously I grew up blue, and when uh, they weren't really relevant at all, they were lovable. And they were cool, and they had an awesome radio play-by-play announcer who was unique, and they were just an interesting franchise. And then, of course, Mario came along and brought them to a, to a whole new level. And then, obviously, more troubles, and then back and forth. And here they are. So, yeah, it, when you look back at NHL teams in the past, you know, thirty years. There's really no other team that's really as, in the you know, probably in totality, as really relevant or really. Uh, shines so bright in terms of all-time greats. It, it's really astounding.
0: Butchie Mann is one of the people at ESPN who uh, still loves hockey, and uh, that's not, I don't think, an indictment on ESPN at all, but it's just John Butchiegrass is one of the hockey guys there. So in your life, John, enjoying the sport, watching the sport, not who's the best player, but who are maybe the best three players or the three players that you enjoyed watching the most?
2: Yeah, that's always, that's always the more fun argument for me because there's no way you can quantify and really compare eras, even teams and style of play and coaches and schools at the time and certainly with Lemieux's situation, uh, you know, his cancer and his back and his health concerns. So he's, he's never really got a, a fair shake in terms of comparing him. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, and that's why I enjoyed the Penguins so much in the last few years. I just, to play, and if you compare, you know, Lemieux and Crosby and other people, it's different skill sets. and to me, Lemieux is actually closer to Malkin than he is Crosby in terms of a player. Sure. Uh, you know, Lemieux shot the puck like, you know, Patrick Lyon is going to be an all-time great 600 to 700 goal scorer for Winnipeg. If like he's that Ovechkin, he's picking the mantle the of the torch for Ovechkin for the next 10 years. He's the guy with just a generational Levant, protégé shots. Well, that's what Lemieux had. Uh, Malkin has I, – I think Lemieux shots better than Malkin, and Malkin has a great shot. Obviously, Sid's different. Sid hangs around the net, and he, he uses hand-eye coordination. He uses his giant butt to get position <laughs> and keep the puck away from people. Uh, and that's what, that's what Yager had. He had the giant can, and that's what helps in hockey. And so it's just different players, different skill sets. But, yeah, that's why I love watching Malkin. When Malkin comes through the neutral zone with the puck and does that little self-pass where he kind of sauces it three feet up to the right or left and then go gets it himself to be the guy, I I get a little excited when that happens. i got to tell you, that's to me, that is just poetry. When he comes through the neutral zone galloping kind of like a horse and he just kind of sauces it and he goes and gets it and he just he just undresses these guys and – to me, that's, that's that's the awesome game in the open ice.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that Lemieux and Malkin have an elegance about their game. And as good as Sidney Crosby is, I don't look at his game and think elegance. I look at him as one of the better grinders, really, of all time. He hates that. But the way he works down low, the way he retrieves pucks, the way he'll play in front of the net, that's what separates him.
2: Yeah, again, he's a short, squatty body. You know, again, a real giant lower body. Quads and, 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 uh, and a can, like we said, and that's what he uses to get open. And, but also, he's two steps ahead of the game. But a lot of hockey players have great sense. You know, Phil Kessel has great hockey sure. sense. And uh, obviously, Malkin has amazing hockey sense. Sid understands, I think, even better not only hockey sense. He understands angles. He understands geometry and bank shots. But also, he has so much free reign, being the best and being the captain and now having a full resume, he can really try things. So he's freed. He's now free. So, so once you get a great talent like that who is freed up and can do really whatever he wants, it's like James Hart in the NBA. He's got a complete green light. When you have a complete green light to do whatever you want, whatever you do in the, in the walk, if you're a radio host and you got a complete green light, you're going to let it fly. So you're going to be better. You're going to be more entertaining. And uh, that's what Sid has now. He has such a complete resume. He can let it fly. And he's at that perfect intersection now of experience and youth and freedom that – has been, and the byproduct of that is two straight Stanley Cups and maybe a third. So he's at that perfect intersection of life right now where he's still young, but he has all this experience and all this freedom, and the resume is set. He could quit tomorrow, and he's an all-time great.
0: John Butchgross joins us now here on the Crowley Show. Uh, John, I don't think a lot of people would be all that surprised if you told them the Penguins are up three games to one in a series. Are you surprised, though, by the way the Flyers came out in the last game and really by the lack of production from their stars?
2: Not really, because they know they don't have a goalie. And when you know you don't have a goalie, you know you have no chance. And that's such an important position. The Penguins know they have a goalie, and that's another reason for their success the last two years. Obviously, sure. they have two goalies, and that really makes it good. And I think that the Flyers, and the Penguins, are just, they're just they're a better skating team, you know, all the way around, and they can and they can defend Giroux. You know, Giroux's skating is not his strength, and so they're able to corral him. And, and, and the other guys are kind of opportunistic players; they're not going to go out and force the issue. And 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 just kind of take over a game, Boruchek and Simmons. They kind of, the game has to kind of come to them, has to kind of flow for them, and uh, and go from there. And their defense still is young and not really that good either. So the Flyers are a long way off. For the, you, know, you, you build a hockey team from the back end out. They're still looking for their goalie, and they're they're going young on defense and hoping that they can obviously develop them and then maybe be in play for someone like John Carlson on the Capitals. They could sign someone like that and plug in a veteran. That'll make the whole team better.
0: Speaking of Carlson, he's having a hell of a series in the battle that everyone here in Pittsburgh is watching because that would be the eventual opponent for the Penguins. Capital showing a little stones here, huh? I, I don't think they played all that terribly. Hell, they led going into the no. third period in each of these games, but uh, a lot of heart, a lot of will to get back from down two games to nil whenever you have to go on the road.
2: Yeah, they, you know, they, um, I, I agree. I thought they were kind of the better team in Washington. Yeah. Just, you just didn't get it. And, of course, the overtime games can go either way. But, um, yeah, you know, she's a grinder. He's a pro. And they've been together for a while. And they're, you know, the young guy with like the nets off, they're going to get a little more experience and backstrap. But I really love what OB did in coming out down 02 and guaranteeing, uh, you know, a couple of wins and going back even. That's, you know, throughout the years, he's never been the problem earlier in his career. He was a big time playoff producer when the, the Penguins and Capitals had those big series. But their bottom six was not good. And the Penguins always had a much better bottom six. Well, in the last four or five years, he has dipped a bit. His production is more like a 30 goal scorer and not a 50 goal scorer. He's done that now. He's at multi-point games in three straight. He's never done that before his whole career. So he, cockiness or I think he needs, he needs to understand. I gotta do something to lead. I wear the seat of reason. <laughs> and
0: Hey, we're going to cut – sorry, John, we lost you here for a second. Uh, You're cutting in and out. We're going to call you back here momentarily. Just got a few more questions for you. Uh, John Butchigross of ESPN joining us here on the Crowley Show. I think he's spot on with the Ovechkin conversation there. Uh, Ovechkin has had a good playoff series. I do think that the Capitals were maybe the better team in the first couple of games. When you lead going into the third period, you played a better 40 minutes. You just have, and they let some leads slip away. These last two, they were able to finish the games off. One, of course, going in overtime, and that's where luck comes in. If the Capitals lose game three in OT, it's over. It's done. See you later. You're down three games to nil. You're not the Boston Red Sox 2004. You're done. But they found a way to win, and then they come back and they win again, and Ovechkin, he almost guaranteed it. Now is trying to do the same thing. Uh, unfortunately for the Flyers and their fans, they haven't, uh, he hasn't, been able to produce uh john we got you back now uh, is that the best butchie overtime challenge series that you've seen at least in the beginning portion uh three games going overtime right off the shoot.
2: yeah other than that it's been slow it's a slow spring i haven't gone I haven't had to go to the post office as much to mail up free t shirts so uh <laughs> forgive me a break everybody but yeah having those quick three in a row it's certainly uh but you know there's been times i remember the last couple of years there'd be games in this first round where there'd be like two games in overtime at the same time, you know, here we go again, and then another one, you know, a late game, goes overtime. So it, it hasn't been mayhem yet. It's been very, very chill so far.
0: Uh, John, better matchup for the Penguins if it were to get that far. And we're projecting here, obviously. you think Boston or Lightning would give them uh, – do you think the Penguins have a better chance of beating?
2: Wolf, man, those are both tough matchups. Uh, I think the Bruins are the best team in the NHL right now, the deepest – Um, If I had to bet a a, a paycheck, someone, they forced me to bet a paycheck on one team, I'd probably go them or Nashville. Instead
0: of betting your paycheck on a team, just give it to me. How's that sound?
2: (laughs) Uh, I got alimony, brother. It ain't that great. um, (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, the Lightning has the goalie in Vasiliski. Whoever, you know, it's going to be such a huge... Not unless they play the capitals and you know, obviously Hopi, they're, they're used to him, but it, you sure. know, whether it's Bobrovsky or the Bruins and Rask and Vasilevsky, it's, it's a whole different goaltender situation. Now the Penguins will not be scoring five, six goals a game in the, yeah. next, in the next couple of rounds. Uh, maybe they play the capitals, but so, uh, so it's going to be tougher. You know, they're both. I think that the Bruins and Lightning are so tight in terms of. I still think the Bruins are slightly better when completely healthy, but they're both would be big, big challenges for the Penguins. You know, two sets of D and a really good goalie. That's not the case against the Flyers. You really can't base the Penguins' playoff chances or hopes based on the Flyer series.
0: No, not at all. I do think it helps them warm up a little bit. There was, yeah. a, there was a conversation about flipping the switch, and I think that that helps. Um, But I I do think you're right about that. John, really appreciate you taking the time today, man. Thank you so much, and hopefully we get a chance to do it again sometime.
2: I'll love the Berg anytime. Peace, guys.
0: Later. Cool dude. Yoked Doesn't consume sugar.
1: Yeah, he's he's, he's a monster, man, Mm -hmm. for sure. The point about uh, being able to be freed up and do what you want, that's so huge, man. Oh, my God. So huge. I, I mean, think
0: that that might be Mike Sullivan's strength. And I'll remember a Jason Mackey article back when he worked for DKPittsburghSports.com a couple of years ago when he talked to Sullivan and talked to some of his younger players. And Connor Sherry comes up, and he was a good player in the minors. But more times than not, when you're a young player, the coach is going to say, okay, do this, this, and this. You're not allowed to play outside the realm of our system, and Connor Sherry was allowed to, and he was huge for the Penguins a couple of years ago. We saw, of course, Jake Ensel last year, same kind of thing. The Stars are going to get the opportunity to do that, but one of the big knocks on United States hockey is always, and in soccer and pretty much anything, is they don't let individuals be individuals. And Mike Sullivan lets individuals be individuals. He's not afraid for a player to make a mistake. If Malkin might take a penalty in the offensive zone, he might turn a puck over, and he might do some stupid stuff. Chris Letang, same thing. Crosby, rarely. But the other two, he didn't care. Go try to make a play. And if you get burnt trying to make a play, well, bleep, you were trying to make that play. I think that is a great point. The Penguins aren't afraid to go out there and try some stuff. Coming up next i got to try some ganj. I'm sorry. it just It's 420. I'm sorry. We'll talk about some of the greatest weed smokers of all time as it relates to sports. And we've got the five-minute major. You're listening to ESPN Pittsburgh. He's Pittsburgh-born,
1: and we like him that way. What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere. This is the
0: Adam Crowley Show. Cinderella boy. On 970 ESPN
1: and now on 106.3 FM.
0: Thanks again to John Butchergrass for joining us on the show. Thanks a lot to Tom for making that happen. I think Tom's BFS with him now. I remember what happened to me when I got my hero, Stu Gotts, for the first time on the show. And it really was Joe who got him. But then I got his number. Yeah. And the problem was, I like to drink on the weekends. I'm an adult. It's what happens. It's how we play. You all know that. People don't talk about it on the radio because they're afraid for whatever reason. I like to drink. It's fun. It's good. It's good for me. It's good for everyone. I'm a much better person to be around whenever I'm intoxicated. But I was afraid I was going to get so hammered that I was going to just start texting Stu Gotts left and right. Yeah, I mean, that didn't happen, but it almost did. I had a couple of texts typed out to him, and my wife was like, uh, Adam, you're not going to want to do that. And I brought it up with him the next week on the show, because he loves us. So he was on on Friday, he was on on Tuesday that next week. And I think Tom might do the same thing. I think Tom's going to be hitting up Butchie Gross. I think that's ironic as all get-out, though. Like, Tom's going to slide into Butchie's DMs. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah Butchie's done. He's like, oh. he's going to be so sick of Tom. It's over. Tom's going to be like,
0: hey, Butchie Mang, how are you, pal? You want to hook me up with some free merch?
1: Those shirts are cool, by the way. They really
0: are. I really want one to wear on the beach. Got to get the guns looking good first. But until then, maybe I won't wear one. Going to get to the five-minute major coming up in a few moments penguins flyers tonight as you well know you can hear it right here on espn pittsburgh it's over it's done i don't even need to analyze it but i will coming up in a few before we get to that though it's 420 weed's a thing Eh, don't smoke and drive don't be dumb don't be carrying around vast quantities of weed but i'm a limb i'm a snowflake you all know that. Let's just be honest here. If you if you like to have a dime bag every now and again, take a couple of rips off the bong, I'm cool with it. Just don't be an idiot. Some players throughout sports in all time have been great at that. And some not so great. Of course, Martavis Bryant. Not so great. Again, they didn't test for weed until today in the National Football League. Could have been smoking weed all up from the end of the season until now. And Martavis had still been caught. And of course, Le'Veon had still been caught, or he, quote-unquote, fell asleep. Those guys are bad at it. Ricky Williams was good at it. So much so that he said, F the league. Gave up his career My for God. it. My God. And then people crushed him for it. That bothers me. Like, the National Football League's got to be more important to him than some rec- recreational ganj. I don't think so. Live your life, man. I don't understand the criticism from that point. I don't care that Martavis smoked. I don't care that Le'Veon did whatever it is that Le'Veon did. He'll admit to one thing, he probably did another. Regardless, I don't care. It's a plant. It doesn't affect your ability to perform on the field at all. It doesn't make you a bad person. It means you want to feel a little bit different for a little bit of time. It doesn't make you a bad guy. But who are some of the people that stick out to you as the weed smokers from throughout the generations? Brian, I know you lived in Portland. They're the Blazers, obviously, which is just fabulous. But I think the NBA, they don't give a rip about it. I think it's good for their sport, but... Back in Portland, you had some stories.
1: Oh, yeah, we definitely did. I mean, first of all, 99% of the NBA smokes weed. I'm pretty sure about that. Uh, But I was there during the jailblazer times. You know, Rashid Wallace, Bonzi Wells, these guys got after it, dude. Like, here's a you'd go into the Rose Garden. You'd go in for a game, and we'd have to go in and cover everything. You'd be walking through the parking lot, like the players' parking lot, (laughs) and it just reeked, man. And I mean, you're you're talking some dank stuff going on there, you know? Oh, they got the cash. Oh yeah, they definitely do. But the funny thing is, there's a. I mean, you had Damon Stoudemire on that team. He he gets a uh, honorable mention for trying to take weed through an airport in Arizona (laughs) through a metal detector wrapped in aluminum foil. Good job, Damon. You had him on that team, you had Rashid Wallace, who just always lit up, but they would all hang out at Cliff Robinson's house. Cliff Robinson was a former Blazer, not on the team at that moment, but he still kept a house, a really nice house in Lake Oswego, Oregon. And these guys would all go play ball in front of his house. He had a hoop set up on his uh, driveway. That's awesome, by the way. And there was this whole big thing out in Portland at one point where – They were all out there blazing. Like half the team was out there just doing their thing, shooting hoop, blazing up, and Cliff's out there holding court. Rashid is there with that little weird thing on the back of his head. All kinds of fun being. So the cops roll up, and this is strange because in Oregon a lot of times cops – don't even bother with that sort of thing, you know. But it was getting to the neighbors. And this is a nice area, you know. So these It's like the smog over London. Exactly. Like all these, like, kind of rich, like, uptight people were like, ah, oh, there's too much weed smoke on my lawn here. Get it away. And so the cops showed up and tried to bust all of these blazers. And they succeeded to the point where they went into Cliff's house and found weed in there. Right, So, oh, no, the Blazers are all going to go to jail. Here we go. Here we go. Well, the next day it was an illegal entry. So the Blazers yeah. all scot-free. No problem at all. We tried to ask Rashid Wallace about it. He just laughed. But that team, man, I mean, between them, I know they were going through a pound a week.
0: I think it was Carmelo Anthony who had the water bottle with the extra compartment <laughs> yeah. and he was trying to get on a plane. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And all the drug-sniffing dogs were like, hey, bro, uh, we can spell that. <laughs> and then he got in trouble for it. Again, I have a thought on it. You might not agree. I don't so much care if you agree or not. It's sports. It's not like a doctor's blazing up before he's cutting you open. It's not like a pilot is blazing up before he's taken off. It's not like the head of national security is blazing up. I mean, they all very well might, but it's not the same thing. And the way that players are vilified for weed... Like, Martavis Bryant's enemy number one in this town, he was... Whenever he wasn't playing well and he's asking for a trade and all that nonsense. Meanwhile, Ben Roethlisberger was accused of far worse atrocities than any of these guys were for smoking pot. That's just what I got to say on it. I I don't think it's that big of a deal. Again, don't drive. Don't be stupid. Don't be carrying around a pound of freaking weed. But it doesn't affect your well-being in my estimation as to whether or not you're a good human being. It's time for a smoky Report.
2: He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking Are we going to do what they say can
1: be done? Breaker Breaker 1-9 got a 20 on a ganja grabber Lighting up drivers and dropping dimes on Potomac Between Green Tree and Danksville Road Don't want to lose your weed because of speed So hit it slow and hide your bowl Or else you'll end up in the can <laughs> if you see a Miss Piggy, Mama Bear, Baby Bear, Bear in the Air, or Bear in the Bushes, give us a holler and we'll save you the freight. 412-922-2874. Keep the shiny side up and your skin's on the ground. He's pounding down,
2: loaded up and chucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? It's time to get fucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet. You go
1: to the box, you know, uh, you feel shame, you know. And then you get free. This is the 5-Minute Major with Adam Crowley.
0: We're getting sandwiches up here! I'm
1: distracted!
0: In a great way. I get free cold cuts? Hello, love the Carson City Saloon. Got a couple of tweets here. As, <laughs> as it relates to the weed conversation. We'll get to those coming up in a little bit. Vince Common will be joining us in 7 minutes here on the Crowley Show. But Sean Couturier... Skated today. Yeah, it's the second day in a row he's skated. And I think Flyers fans are optimistic he's going to play. I don't think he's going to play. If you've got structural damage in your knee, you can skate around a little bit, but you can't go out there and take full contact. If it's a pain issue, he'd have been fine to play two nights ago. So I think it's more than a pain issue. He's not going to play. So here are the lines... That we saw Dave Haxtell roll out tonight. Roll. Roll out tonight. Claude Giroux, Valtteri Filppula, Jake Voracek, the top line. Uh, spoiler alert, Valtteri Filppula is a third-line center on a bad hockey club. If he's your number one center, Crosby's going to eat him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Perhaps the Munchies. Oscar Lindblom, Nolan Patrick, and Travis need the second line. To me, Nolan Patrick should play on that top line. The Giroux and Vorchek haven't created anything anyhow, but allow them to at least be the stars that they are. Nolan Patrick was the best player the Flyers had in game number four. So, to me, I'm, uh, their plan was to spread out the goodness, so to speak. But it's the bottom six that just crushes the Flyers' chances to win this game or the series if Couturier is not able to play. Matt Reed... Yori, Laterra and Wayne Simmons on the third line. Simmons has played terribly in this series. He's a minus bajillion. Uh, Reed and Laterra are just guys. And then the fourth line is Michael Roffel, Scott Lawton, and Jordan Wheel. Jordan Wheel's a pretty good player. If you're playing with good players, they won't be. As for defense, they tried to move some things around. Provorov and Gostisberg have been the number one unit. Everyone else in their defense sucks. So Provorov's now going to play on the line with Andrew McDonald. Robert Hag enters the lineup as a rookie to play alongside Shane Bear, and then Brandon Mayer and Araiko Gudis are going to play on that third pairing. Manning sucks, Gudis sucks, McDonald sucks, Hag's too young to know whether or not he sucks. Provorov and Bear are good, but now there's a bad defenseman on every line. Before, there was a bad defenseman on two lines. So, again, I'd say advantage Penguins. There's this as well. And feel free to laugh along with me. Claude Giroux said, quote, We are not ready for our season to be over. When we go to Pittsburgh, it's a tough building to play in, but we know we can win there. We know if we play our game, we can win. So we're going to go out there, play our game, and be back for Game 6. That's almost a guarantee. When Ovechkin does it and then puts up, good. Shrew hasn't put up all series. He has no room to talk. More on that coming up with Vince Kaminel. And later on in the program, Josh Yowie will join at 540. But Kami... The Russian next at in Pittsburgh.
2: I met someone. You hear it a lot from people on Match because more people have met their someone on Match than any other dating app. Everyone wants to find that meaningful connection. And Match is not only number one in first, but second dates too. Now here's a free offer for our listeners. Go to match.com slash find for seven days free. That's seven days completely free to search, view photos, and connect. This free offer is found at match.com slash find. That's match.com slash find. Match.com slash find.
0: I think we are talking about weed so much, that's why I brought up the cold cuts.
1: That's and that's the kind of service you get here. You don't even have to ask. I was about, is about, great, I was about getting hungry there. It's a great spot. It's a good sandwich. Good man.
0: food. It's great good Bud Lights. Bud Lights on special. Tremendous.